the Great Commission from Mark 16. Go into all the world, proclaim the gospel of the whole creation. And these signs will accompany those who believe in my name. They'll cast out demons. They'll speak in new tongues. They will lay their hands on the sick and they will recover. Scripturally, we have this precedent. Healing was a part of what Jesus told his followers to do as they were doing kingdom ministry. Welcome to the Spirit Forward Podcast, a show dedicated to the teaching, discussion, and demonstration of the work of the Spirit of Jesus. God bless you, and thanks for listening. Josh, I want to learn how to pray for healing. What are you going to tell them? I want to learn how to pray for healing. What a great question. How many people have asked you that? How many people? Uh, I've had people come to me after they've tried. Okay. Say, okay. Yeah. I failed fair. miserably. I felt my face get red and the person I think is sicker for having me prayed for them. So, um, yeah. Okay. So somebody says, I want to learn how to pray for the healing, or I want to get better at praying for healing. Yeah. There have been plenty of saints who have pursued a five-step healing model. This came from men looking at the word of God and saying, how did Jesus heal? And uh, bear in mind that Jesus was most often moved by compassion to heal. And uh, while the Bible would indicate to us that the signs and wonders do testify of the Lord, that is not the exclusive reason for the gifts. The, you know, it's not like the only reason for healing is to demonstrate the power of God or the authority of Jesus. They, they do exist um, because he is compassionate. And if you read the Gospels, the number one reason that Jesus healed people is because he was moved by compassion. So if you and I go after 1 Corinthians 14, 1, and we have these two purposes of pursuing love and um, desiring spiritual gifts, then we will do the ministry of Jesus like Jesus did the ministry of Jesus. The two-step prayer model by Josh yeah, Robinson. That's what I yeah. heard. Love people where they're at and pray for them. I like it. Yeah. Two-step stolen from Paul. So- <laughs> There is a helpful five-step process that men have come up with because of looking at the way Jesus did his ministry. And it kind of goes like this. First of all is the interview. We want to ask the person, what's wrong with you? Where's the pain? And then it's a good question to ask, uh, how long has this been happening or when did this begin? You can see Jesus ask these type of interview questions. Like when he comes off the Mount of Transfiguration, there's a demoniac kid. And Jesus says to, to the father, how long has he been like this, uh, demonized, right? How long? And the dad said, from his childhood. And so that's a great question that we can track back and, and start asking compassionate questions. Oh, your pain, uh, your disease, your symptom has been happening for six months. Well, tell me, what was going on six months ago? What happened six months ago? And I'll tell you, man, Holy Spirit will really uh, show um, what was going on in the spirit realm, what was going on in the emotions of the person. And uh, so it's not uncommon for you to say, well, what happened when your pain began? And they'll say, well, you know, my, my parents split up. Uh, or, you know, my, I got fired or some, some crisis took place in their life. In those moments, we can help lead the person through forgiveness or repentance, uh, even the rebuking of demons. Uh, so that interview process is us being compassionate to find out what, what's going on in the person's life. Secondly is the diagnosis where we're going to say, um, all right, I have a feeling it's maybe it's just purely physical. Maybe it's physical and spiritual. Maybe it's emotional. You know, we're, we're trying to discern 
what parts of this person's life are being affected that need the healing because it's body, soul, and spirit. So we need a diagnosis. Uh, is there some kind of demon involved? Is there not a demon involved? Is it just purely physical? We, we're being very sensitive uh, to the needs of the person and to the leading of the Holy Spirit. By the way, Holy Spirit will often highlight what the person is saying um, that will help you, you know, some words will grab your attention. You'll say, oh, okay, so that, that seems very important and it helps uh, to navigate the conversation. The third step is selecting your prayer. And so we want to uh, be mindful of, is the Holy Spirit calling me to command healing? Is he wanting me to pray for healing? Is he wanting me to anoint with oil? Is he wanting me to pray in tongues? Uh, Ken has mentioned in a previous episode, Jackie Pollinger healing loads of heroin addicts by purely praying in tongues. Now, we don't want to just copy-paste what has been successful in somebody else's life. We don't want to copy-paste what's been successful in my own life. But what I want to do is be aware of how the Holy Spirit's calling me to engage in a certain type of a prayer for this particular uh, situation. And then fifthly, uh, fourthly would be engaging in that given prayer. We need to have faith enough to do what Holy Spirit is prompting me to do. Fifthly is some post-prayer instructions, getting them to test, hey, is your shoulder healed or can you walk? Uh, can you bend over and touch your toes? Uh, is your voice box healed? You know, that, that's happened. It's like, can you speak? Um, so we're looking for some, you know, Jesus often said after healing, go and sin no more. Um, or, you know, go show yourself to the priest, take up your bed and walk. There's very often some post-prayer instructions. Well, recently... Um, Sunday night, we had uh, multiple healings in our prayer meeting. You know, one of the guys in the church, he said, could you pray for me? I've got this shoulder that's uh, some pain in my shoulder that's running up my neck. And so I began the interview process. Tell me, uh, when did this happen? How long has it been going on? What took place? And he's telling me, um, basically, it was just an injury because he was going through his routine. He lifted something and he got hurt. I didn't sense at all that there was any spiritual need. I didn't sense there was any demonic thing or an emotional thing. It, to me, it just seemed to be purely physical. So I laid my left hand on him because he was sitting next to me. And I began to pray for the Lord to show mercies and to heal his, his son. And uh, so that was my prayer selection. That was my prayer engagement. And then post-prayer instruction, I said, can you move your arm and, and your neck and see if it still hurts? And, he, you know, he's testing his shoulder. He's testing his neck. It still hurt. I said, well, all right, let's, uh, let's just ask the Lord. I know that the Lord heard my prayer. I don't need to pray, pray the same thing again, uh, but I need to ask the Holy Spirit why I missed it. You know, so my, my left hand's on his shoulder. I'm praying again. Uh, Lord, uh, I, I'm sorry I, I missed prayed the first time could you help me navigate this situation and I really felt in my spirit pressed to touch him with my right hand also and this thought has never occurred uh, ever in my life but it was as if I needed to like close the circuit I just look I can't give you a reason why God told Jesus to smear mud in a dude's eyes and I can't give you a reason why God wanted me to touch with two hands what he did and when I laid on my second hand I heard a pop like a very small kind of a shoulder pop and um, and then when I was done praying I asked I, you know how's the pain and he's moving around and he's like boy it's great um, probably 20 minutes later in the prayer meeting I asked him again in fact three people got prayed for that night for healing 
And I asked him all again, just following up. And this guy said his pain level was at a zero. I mean, hallelujah, right? This is wonderful. So, you know, we're, we're pursuing love, but we're using these, these five steps where we're, we're interviewing the person, we're, select, we're listening to the person, we're listening to the Holy Spirit. One ear on them, one ear on the Lord, you know, our internal spiritual ear on the Lord. We're interviewing, we're selecting our prayer, we're engaging in our prayer. I think I misdiagnosed this. And then uh, we're giving some post-prayer interview. And if you can't remember those five steps, um, I don't always remember them. I don't always think about them. But I am thinking about listening to the person and listening to the Holy Spirit and just being sensitive to love people and, uh, and desire spiritual gifts. Something that I discovered after you, post, you give post-prayer instructions, which is help them know what to do now, what, how to walk out their healing. Yes is that a lot of healing prayer is not nearly as glamorous as maybe we can make it sound when we're telling the story, right? When you talk about a miracle, sure, yeah, there's this kind of whole mindset that goes with it. Like, well, that must have been an amazing moment when yeah. that happened. Well, okay. In the case of my daughter praying for this girl, she was so shy. We didn't know she was healed, right? That I mentioned earlier. Yeah, right. Um, I've prayed for people to be healed from cancer. And, and look, I've heard guys from third wave and ladder rain movement, which are, which are charismatic eras talk about tumors coming out. I don't, I don't know what I would do if one came out, first of all, you know, be throwing that on the ground and washing my hand. I'm not grossed out by much, but I can't imagine holding someone's tumor in my hand. Um, but uh, that's never happened for me, but I've seen people healed of cancer. Okay. So, oh, like, but I didn't know they were healed until they went to the doctor. So I had a friend who had uh stage four um melanoma is all over his body and it was in his lymph nodes so what started out as skin cancer has now gone deeper right so they did a biopsy of his arm and they uh saw it was all cancerous everything they took out was cancerous and they said it's all over your arm and your lymph nodes from what we can tell so the day before um surgery i know him with oil along with a friend and we prayed for him and i say along with a friend because it's important to know that I, most people I see healed, I, that are, I'm praying with someone else. So I may just be an onlooker every time and someone else around me has the gift of healing. But the point is I've, I've witnessed the Lord answer these prayers. And, uh, so he went to the doctor and, and there was no cancer in any of the tissue. They took some more tissue out and it was cancer free. They tested some more biopsy cancer free. So medically verified miracle where, um, there was cancer and it, it wasn't, it was gone. So hallelujah. Yeah, um, the, you know, the Lord heals, but none of it for me was glamorous, right? I was in his home when I prayed for him, when I was, he didn't feel anything. I didn't feel anything. When we got done, we had dinner and assumed that he was gonna have to have surgery tomorrow and that nothing was changed. He's probably gonna have to have chemo, right? So there's nothing glamorous until literally a year later. I'm like, God did this. This is awesome. Yeah. But we kind of have this, you know, the whole, the, the, uh, you know, the glory cloud moved in and we shook and we trembled because we knew God had delivered him of cancer. Yeah. No, we weren't certain of it at all. And so a lot of people, a lot of times you're going to pray for people. You could pray for a stranger at the grocery store to be healed and they might be healed and they might not tell you, they might not realize it till later and you might never know. Mm -hmm. So um, a lot of yeah. healing ministry is kind of like evangelism, right? You share the gospel Amen. and you hope it takes root. And, and hopefully in your healing ministry, you are sharing the love of Jesus, regardless of whether the person is already a believer or not.
I, well, that would be the testimony of the New Testament, right? Go and preach the kingdom, and while you're preaching, heal the sick. It, yeah. it is, you know, it, it is meant to accompany. So this is where errors come in. I was at a revival last fall, and it was like, not only was the activity healing, but also the preaching was healing. And that that's huge error. You know, Christ preached repentance and the kingdom. So that's the preaching. And and then I guess we could say like the altar call um, or whatever, the ministry involves the healing. You know what I struggle with, man, a lot of times in this conversation, and probably some of our listeners are in this place where so much of the ministry is left to like theoretical doctrine or just a purely doctrinal conversation. And so when it's, when they're not convinced of the scriptures, you know, my, my convincing of the scriptures is that Jesus announced his ministry with Isaiah 61. He commissioned it. So you could go Luke four, he announced it Luke 10. Uh, he gave it to the 12 and then into the 70, not just the 12 apostles, but also 70. Uh, and then of course, with the great commission and now extends to all of us, it's the same mission. So I look at the doctrine. I say, it's real easy. Um, I look at the testimony of acts and I say, it's real easy. I, I look at James five and I say, it's real easy doctrine. Um, but then, you know, some, some skeptic, some, uh, cessation believing skeptic might, might say, well, I don't, I don't know these healings. They don't, they don't come with a bunch of punch. They don't come with like glamor. They don't come. And then, you know, we might say, okay, so it's not glamorous for a girl with a double ear infection to be healed and her pain suddenly gone. But I could tell you about the times when people lay on hands and the other person feels fire. You know, or it's like, you know, your hands on fire or, or there is a move of God or somebody, you know, a, a widow lady who says, I felt the cooling presence of the Holy Spirit relieve all my pain from head to toe. It's like, yeah, I could tell you about the times that they feel it or or they see it. And 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 I I mean, in those situations, um, I've heard the skeptics say, well, show me that in the Bible where somebody. Yeah. OK, well, the woman with the, the the issue of blood, she felt that she was healed. Um, so I don't know. I, I, sometimes I feel like with conversations like this, Jesus saying to the Pharisees, dude, John, the Baptist came without eating and drinking. The son of man came eating and drinking. We have played for you. The dirge, we have played for you. The, the flute, you know, it's like, you're not happy with a funeral. You're not happy with a party. <laughs> you're just not right. like, you're not happy. But yeah. I think in both, in both cases, it's like, yeah, sometimes it's, it's glamorous and incredible. Sometimes it's a surprise because nothing seemed to happen yeah if if you if you're not sure about healing just go pray for 100 people who are sick yeah and you'll see healing <laughs> right you know you might see two you might think i'm really bad at this or god rarely heals you might blame god but um you just have to go do it you just got to go and, and you're gonna humiliate yourself i remember early on the journey i got fired up i listened to brian blunt he pastors vineyard church in oklahoma city he's got a great book on living super naturally supernatural uh, yeah i listened to him i got so fired up I go to yeah. Home Depot and this I'm I'm waiting for this uh, clerk to come, uh, store employee to come and cut some carpet for me. And the girl who initially helped me, she can't do it without him. She's standing, she's rubbing her arm and her arm's obviously been wounded. And all I can hear is this in my mind is this sermon. I just listened to this testimony healing. <laughs> I know, dude. Yes. So I'm like, look, I'm a pastor. Jesus still heals today. Um, can I pray for your arm? And she's like, I guess. So, you know, I'm, I'm bold on Sunday, but it's Tuesday night and I'm not bold. All right. I'm like, um, 
Oh, Jesus, man. we just pray for your healing mercies. I mean, it was so bad. It was so bad. And I got done. I said, uh, you know, scale one to ten. What was your pain? She said it was a, it was a eight. I said after I prayed, scale one to ten. You know, what's your pain? She's like, it's an eight. <laughs> yeah. And I'm like, oh, this is bad. Well, the clerk's still not there. You know, so I'm like, well, look, it's not Jesus. It's me. I'm in the way. Let me pray again. Prayed again. And I get done. She's rubbing her arm. She's like, I don't know. Maybe it's a little better. And I felt like she gave me it like a way out. Yeah, you know, like it. it's not better. You're going to have those stories. And I walked yeah. out and I said, Jesus, I'm never praying for the sick again. And he he just laughed. Right. You can just I can just feel the laughter of the Lord and the joy of the Lord and me making a fool of myself. And and since then. I've seen people healed. And since then I've made myself look like a fool. Totally. That's okay. Right. That's, that is, uh, that's the ministry of the Holy spirit. You know, Jesus gets the credit and at least one of them, I have many thorns in the flesh and I, th- one of my thorns in the flesh is I, you know, I miss a lot and when I miss it's embarrassing and my ego and my pride, they all get bruised, but, um, man, it's so exciting when you, when you connect, you pray for someone who's sick and they get healed. And you rejoice and you remember all the failures and you're just like, thank you, Lord. Thank you for giving me a, giving me a win. Um, Let's cover some, some theology real quick. Why is the gift of healing important? One, it reveals the compassion of Jesus. You know, we've said it off the cuff, but uh, Jesus' compassion hasn't changed. And uh, he still is, he's still doing loving work. Um, It reveals the kingdom of God. It's a direct answer to, thy, to the prayer, thy kingdom come on earth as is in heaven. When you pray and someone is healed without medicine, it shows the kingdom of God is advancing. It's a gift that reveals death's first stage of defeat. This is my favorite. I added this to our notes. It's probably too theological for this conversation, but First uh, Corinthians 15 talks about the last enemy, death. Death was defeated by Christ when he rose from the dead, but he will take death and he'll cast it in like a fire at the end. Until then, every time you see healing, it's like a punch to death. It reminds death that their grip is slipping, that the first resurrection has already taken place. And so I love it when I pray for the sick and they're healed, like the grip of death is loosened. And look, I know it's a point of man wants to die. I know that um, we're all going to, you know, uh, if the Lord tarries, we're all going to eventually take our last breath before we enter the presence of the Lord. Uh, in in absent from our body, but uh, when someone is healed, it's a uh, it's just a demonstration of the resurrection, right? It's just a little demonstration of the resurrection, and I think that's needed still today. I think yeah. that's something that Jesus wants to be happening on the earth today. So um, I think there is uh, there are several theological reasons why we should promote healing, not just because it makes people feel better, not just because we love the people in our church, we want them to have relief from their back pain, because we are advancing a kingdom and preaching the gospel is one uh, and the main way of advancing that kingdom, but healing and deliverance is right on the heels of it. Mm-hmm. So um, that's a part of kingdom advancement. Yeah. It's all over the gospels. It's all over the book of Acts. And to me, in my opinion, if you've watched any amount of the podcast and to this point, you're still skeptical on, I don't know, dreams and visions. If you're still skeptical on prophecy, it's like, man, let's just take James five. Okay. If you can't, if you can't come along with first Corinthians 12 through 14, if you can't come along with Mark 16, if you can't come along 
um, in, in those areas, consider James 5, where it literally is, is a great uh, street level instruction on how can we heal the sick with the anointing of oil, the calling of the elders and the prayer of faith. So to me, I think this is, in my opinion, just the least controversial of the spiritual gifts. I mean, last week we covered the most controversial with tongues. So maybe maybe this is good to just uh, take an easy one and talk about gifts of healings because it's just not that controversial. Everybody in your church is going to have a need to be healed um, either in their body, in their soul, or in their spirit. Ken already talked about the definition of sozo. It means saved, healed, and delivered. Body, soul, and spirit is what is what Jesus is after. That's what he meant from Isaiah 61. It's just body, soul, and spirit. And it's needed in your church. You will be elated to demonstrate the love of the Father through a healing ministry. And and you'll also kick up some demons, but that's for another episode. Yeah. So you said it's not controversial. The most flack I've gotten face-to-face is over healing and not tongues. Um <laughs> Maybe it's just from our background. Our background, if they hear you believe in tongues, they don't even bother to call you. They're just done with you. But healing, yeah. they um, they have a lot of what if questions, right? Because I think they are they are interested, but they there is there is an offense. And, and I look, I understand that. I'm not trying to belittle anybody's you know feelings, but um, I went to a church and I was new on it, and I probably and I know I scorched instead of spread fire. I didn't warm them. I, I'm sure I scorched. Yeah, I I've preached done. on healing. I preached on on sozo, and then I asked a friend to get me some oil because I'd flown in. I, I didn't bring any oil. He goes, he comes back with a Kroger like value size, you know, oil. I've got a huge bottle, and so before the service, I talked to the pastor. I'm like, hey, I'm preaching on. I'm telling you what I preach on because it's your church. I don't want to make a mess. Are you okay if I preach the sermon? He said, is it biblical? I said, well, you know, I've preached for you for like five years. So, you know, I'm not going to just, yeah. yes, it's biblical. So I told him my biblical case. He's like, if that's what you're going to say tonight, what you told me is what you're saying tonight, you can do it. I said, good. At the end of the service, I want to anoint people with oil. And he said, why? I said, because I'm preaching on healing. Why would I preach on healing and not invite people to be healed? And he said, I get, okay. He said, I guess we'll, I guess we'll do that. That's fine. And so then I pull out this bottle of oil. <laughs> And it's so big. You can see his eyes get this big, like, oh, man, it just got real. Uh, and I said, yeah, I want to know him with oil. So we prayed for, I mean, this is a conservative Baptist church. This is a, this is a King James only church. I mean, it, it was it was fantastic. So, so if you come to the father's house this Sunday, they actually pull out super soakers loaded super with soakers. oil. That's right. Yeah, 20 pumps on that gun. And then we just get you and down you go. But we we saw some beautiful things happen, but the discomfort of so many people in the auditorium that I invited people for for healing, the tangible awkwardness that yeah. we would actually yeah. when I preached the sermon was fine, everyone was okay with that. Yes, but the invitation yeah. to invite people forward. You know, I remember Jack Deere's story, right? When he invited John White for a conference, and John yeah, White yeah. was like at the, the last service, I want to pray for the sick, and Jack said in church. He's been pastoring, Jack's been pastoring church for 10 years, but his the, the idea of praying for a sick person in church just seems so foreign. And so yeah. I've experienced that up close and personal, and I'm not saying that everything I did uh, uh, in, in, in 
you know, leading that charge was right. But it was very interesting just to see the discomfort. I tried to be ethical about it to, yeah. to let the pastor shut me down because I felt like he's responsible for the flock more than I am. And and yet we saw people healed. There was a lady who'd been dealing with cancer for 13 years. And um, a month later, someone in the congregation texted me and said, hey, that lady you prayed for, she's done with treatment. She was healed. The doctor canceled the rest of the chemo treatments. Dude. Um, now, look, again, I'm not the only person that prayed for her that night because I had people come forward. And I said, look, if you're sick, get prayer. And if you're not sick, pray for them to be healed. So it, I'm not saying it was in my faith, right? But that night began a journey for her where after 13 years, treatments were stopped. She was cancer free and they they canceled treatments, right? It wasn't like they finished the treatment regimen. They said, we don't need to do these anymore. And um, the Lord did beautiful things that night just beyond that. So, but man, it was controversial. It was, it was just, to me, I'm like, I didn't mention tongues, did I? Because you all are really upset that we're talking about healing. And this is the stuff Jesus does. So there's definitely in many stripes of churches, some stripes of churches, there's a a definite um, a theology theological construct that says that healing is not for today. If it is, it's God strikes like lightning. And yes, so you're allowed to pray if it be your will. Right. Mm -hmm. And it's funny because they're not reformed in the soteriology, but they sure are reformed in their healing because it's like God just does it if he wants to. He, he didn't actually give us permission to ask beyond that. And uh, man, we start praying with authority and faith. I feel like that percentage of people you see healed is going to increase. You know, when you said um, you were preaching on it and it was fine, and then when you actually did it, the air, you know, the air got sucked out of the room, just like Jack said about Dr. White preaching at his church, you know, and uh, he preached on it and everyone was great. And then you start doing it and it's weird. And I, you know, I'd have to agree. That's what I discovered in our church was like, you can preach about anything, right? You can get right. up there and talk about that stuff as long as it stays in the, that theoretical doctrinal um, space. You can talk all day long. Yeah. But when you start doing the stuff, yeah, people do get upset. And part of that is because, um, you know, we're, we're, we're associating a healing ministry with like charismania, you know, we're associating it with bad doctrines, you know, doctrines like everyone's going to be healed right now, claim it, it's yours um, right now. And as you said, you know, we do believe ultimately that all healing takes place eventually in glory. Um, but a, a large amount of it can be had today. And, and um, we ought to press in, I think probably for as much as the Lord, um, the Lord desires, we, you know, the more you pray, the more you go for it, the more you'll see it. Look, my church um, does not really feed the poor. Okay. We don't have a food pantry. We don't have a, a, a system where we are bringing in the homeless to feed them. It would be silly for me to say, well, if God has told us to feed the poor, why don't I see the poor being fed in my church? It's like, well, I don't feed the poor. And I think there's a lot of saints that are going, well, if, if healing's for today, why don't we see it? <laughs> are you are you trying? Right? Do you have a, a, a system of any kind? Do you have do you have any faith whatsoever uh to to go after the thing? And sure enough, uh when you when you do start swinging, you'll start hitting and I, yeah. I guess you just, you have not because you ask not. I think there's a, there's a production level of our services that gets exposed 
when we bring these things in. Because when I plan church, I'll explain that. When I plan church yeah. uh, services in years past, I knew everything that was going to happen in that service. Mm, okay. Right? I had the order of service and I knew everything was going to happen and nothing was going to happen that could offend the religious and nothing was going to happen that could offend the guest. Yeah. So I was sensitive to everybody except for the Holy Spirit. <laughs> and now when we invite the Holy Spirit to do stuff, I know it's going to freak out the religious. Yeah. And in some cases it might, you know, we, we want to be sensitive to, we don't want to be a hindrance to people receiving the gospel. Right. But we also understand sometimes that something might happen that just is uncomfortable for an American to experience. And, and yet, you know, I don't want to go back to, to having control. And it was, it was painful to release it. And it was a process to release it. And I think what happens when we go into another person's church, we say, Hey, we're going to pray for the sick. It's like, but that's not in the order of service. And we don't know what will happen. Mm -hmm. What if you pray for someone and they don't get healed? What will happen? Well, they might feel loved. You know, if we do it well, what if we pray for someone and they get healed? What if they run around the room? What if they jump up and down and, and like, what if it disrupts? What if the service goes long and it's like, man, I think you pray for revival, right? Don't you pray for the power of God? Uh, these, these are ways that you can experience the power of God and a person being physically healed often leads to others giving their lives to Jesus um, because they, they see the kingdom and it's, it's a beautiful thing. Yeah. That's great. Yeah. So we're pursuing love. We're desiring the spiritual gifts. It's a two-step and it is a beautiful way. You know, if the spiritual uh, gifts exist to comfort the church, to build up the church and to encourage the church, um, I, I just think that these, these gifts are the ones that God ordained and uh, they, they are far more effective than the ones that the, the, any kind of gift that we can invent to try to comfort and encourage, you know, some, <laughs> some chicken noodle soup for the soul. Yeah. All right. So in closing, uh, our friend Jared Long and fellow Spirit Forward leader has uh, systematically done 50 questions and answers. I mentioned it at the beginning of episode one here, but I want to I challenge you to go before you say, but what about, you know, we want to hear your comments, your your questions. We want to hear them. But he also has a playlist where he answers a lot of those questions. You know, if I pray for someone and they're not healed. What if you see somebody healed and then they get sick again a few days later? We've seen that uh, somebody healed dramatically and has several days of that healing and then they start getting sick again. So a lot of those questions that come up, he answers uh, many of them and we'd love to get your feedback because it is a a beautiful ministry. Man, we could have just opened the podcast, said listen to Jared's and cut it off and saved ourselves time. What were we thinking? Yeah. 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 He covered everything, man. Yeah, it's a great, uh, it's just a, what is healing definition? Each video is real short um, without the the colorful commentary that you and I give. Um, yeah. So it'll be a good uh, a good supplement to this. Yeah, we're doing our best. No, yeah, his, his are what? They're like these little five-minute videos, right? That they're right. all individual. They're great. Really, really great little resource. Thank you, Jared. All right. Well, God bless you guys. Thanks for listening. This has been an awesome conversation on the gifts of healing. And um, man, we hope that you will have faith enough to reach out. You could start praying today. 
Lord, send me somebody to pray for someone who needs some healing. Um, and, and, you know, we pray, we pray for those providential meetings, don't we? Lord, give me somebody to share the gospel with today. Start praying. Ask the Lord to open up a providential door for you to enter into uh, the ministry of the Holy Spirit by way of healing. And, and these things are going to happen. And, and it's exciting. Um, somebody in your Sunday school class, somebody in your small group, somebody in your neighborhood could really use a touch from God today. And there's no reason in the world that he wouldn't use you, a child of God, to do his healing ministry. And so I, we encourage you to jump after it. And um, if, if you need healing, go to the elders of your church, ask for the prayer. You know, let's pursue this stuff because the, the Lord's still in the healing business today. So thanks for listening. We love you. And, and until next time, God bless you. Thanks for listening. For more resources, please visit spiritforward.faith. And until next time, may God bless you in Jesus' mighty name.